0: Episode 91 of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast features Coach Isaac Rodriguez. Coach Rodriguez is the passing game coordinator and recruiting coordinator at Hayes High School in Florida, Texas. He is also an Army Reserve veteran who spent time deployed during Operation New Dawn. Coach Rodriguez is also the director of membership for the Hispanic Texas High School Football Coaches Association. Isaac and I talk about his time serving our country, how it relates to football, the importance of the association, and more. Make sure to follow Coach Rodriguez to learn more about serving, coaching ball, recruiting, and becoming a member of the HTXHS FBCA. Before we jump into today's episode, just a few housekeeping things. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at HWCN Podcast and share this episode or any that you find. Please also remember to rate and review to help grow the show. If you're in the Dallas area and are looking for some fantastic custom cookies that look almost too good to eat, check out Texas Treaties. Podcast listeners can use a special 10% off promo. Are you looking to step up your menswear game? Etiquette Dawn is your choice. Etiquette Don is a truly custom apparel company. Uh, Great stuff at a great price. Check out vikingcoffeeco.com. Purchase the official coffee of the Hanging with Coach Union podcast. Great coffee, great company, American made. That's the way. If you're looking for a quick and effective way to keep your weight room and your locker room sanitized, check out Santa Spray. Now, let's get into today's episode with Coach Isaac Rodriguez. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Union podcast, I'm joined by a really awesome coach in the game. He is also an Operation New Dawn Army Reserve veteran. Uh, He is currently the director of membership for the Hispanic uh, Texas High School Football Coaches Association, as well as the passing game coordinator and recruiting coordinator at Buda Hayes High School in uh, Buda, Texas, Coach Isaac Rodriguez. Coach Rodriguez, thanks for taking the time to join us on the podcast, man.
1: Hey man appreciate you having me you know i know we've been trying to schedule this for a minute and uh you know life comes up and you know having to reschedule and do things but you know finally getting to link up and get on here is you know pretty amazing appreciate you having me
0: absolutely man absolutely you know we we had a chance to kind of you know work together in a capacity um on the board and as part of the uh Hispanic coaches association um but then you know we've kind of been around each other in the central texas area now for a few years um you know one of the things that I, that i've always admired of you man is your willingness to learn um your your willingness to just serve and then also just uh you know your willingness to 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 work period man what do you think you attribute those characteristics to
1: a lot of that, man, I attribute, you know, my brothers and my, you know, my dad, you know, I'm the youngest of five, uh, three older brothers, my dad, you know, just seeing them work, you know, as they, you know, I was, I, when I say I'm the youngest, I'm 20 years younger, 10 years younger than my closest brother. So just seeing them, you know, go through life and then things that they did in their lives, you know, I had a, one of my older brothers who joined the military right out of high school, you know, was one of the main reasons why I decided to join and serve, Um and then, you know, my brother, Nick, who came over to Aikens with me when I took the OC job at Aikens last year, you know, kind of pushed me to chase my dreams and, you know, kind of set me straight as a young, you know, as a young kid going through high school and junior high, you know, kind of that role model, that mentor. But, you know, a lot of that comes from there. But, you know, just being in the military also, you know, having those experiences and, you know, being in Iraq and serving with great, you know, men in the military and seeing, you know, how they work and how they were always willing to help out, you know, was was just, you know, a great environment to be in to help, you know, mold me into, you know, what I, you know, who I am now.
0: That's awesome, man. You know, let's kind of talk about a little bit of your time serving in the military. You're, you're serving the army, uh, army reserve. And you talked about you, your brother had served and that kind of pushed you how old were you when you signed up to to serve in the reserves?
1: So funny story, man. Uh, <laughs> I was actually going to go into the Marine Corps right out of high school. And um, my brother, Nick, you know, he actually served in the in, in the Marine Corps and my older brother served in the army. But um, my brother, Nick, the, the, the Marine Corps recruiter actually gave me a call one day and my brother was actually at the house at the time. And he actually answers the phone. Um, this is back when, you know, we started to have house phones and stuff like that. And, uh, <laughs> gets on the phone with the Marine Corps recruiter and is like, Hey man, you know, what's going on devil dog. And the, the Marine Corps recruiters like, Hey, uh, who's this, you know, who's calling me a devil dog. And my brother's like, Hey, you know, it's me. So, so, and, uh, you know, I'm a Marine, uh, but, uh, I appreciate you reaching out to my brother, Isaac, but you know, he's not, he's, he's not going to join the military. He's going to go to college, um, instead and so you know that kind of happens but then you know my freshman year of college I'm like you know what I'm out of the house like what's wh- who's gonna tell me no now so uh, kind of joined the military my freshman year in college which 18 years old and you know stuck it out for six years uh, served in Iraq until 2011 and uh, you know to this day I still wish I would have stayed in but you know life life comes calling and you know, there's other things in my life that God's planted for me and, you know, just trying to follow his plan to 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 do what, you know, his work that he wants me to do here while I'm on earth.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. You know, you say part of you obviously wishes that you had still kind of been in the in it and, and whatnot. Why do you think you feel like you still kind of have a calling to. Well, not necessarily a calling, but like what what makes you still kind of want to potentially have been in the military to this day
1: and it's just that camaraderie man i think you know just lacing up the boots you know putting the uniform on and and just i think it's that you know selfless service you know wanting to help our our country you know you know whatever it is that it is that we need you know they need our help with but you know, that sense of pride of being, you know, in the military, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, as a football player, you know, you put on that uniform, you know, kids who truly buy into programs, they're willing to, you know, eat, sleep, you know, live, bleed, you know, you know, Hendrickson Hawks football or Rope, you know, Hawks football or, you know, whatever program it is, when you truly believe in something, it's just, it's always there. And even after you're, you know, out of football or you're out of the game. Like, you know, it's why we became coaches, you know, we loved football or we loved, you know, whatever sport it is that we coach that much that we just want us to be around it. Um, and I think that's what it is for, uh, I think a lot of military personnel who still have that itch to to be a part of it, you know, in some capacity, it's just, you've been there, you've lived it and you, you just, it's always going to be a part of you, you know, Now whether or not we, 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 we get back into it is another, you know, ordeal, but, you know, it's always something that, you know, it's back in your head.
0: Yeah. I got you. When you compare stories, um, your own personal time serving, you know, if you were to listen to somebody else's testimony regarding their time in the military, let's say on another podcast, like a, like Jocko's or, you know, Joe Rogan or, um, you know, team never quit uh, with the Latrells or anybody else like that. Do you ever listen and compare your time or do you just go, do you just kind of listen and, and use it more as like a, um, a, a growing thing? Like, or do you even ever listen and be like, man, I, I am thankful that I wasn't there in that moment in time because I was able to be here that this, that, or the other. Right. Like I think sometimes we all kind of hear things and and selfishly say, well, at least it wasn't me type of deal. And not to knock anybody, but you know, there is that, there is that fear. I would assume that you still had it when you were over there, like you wake up and literally that could be your last day on earth type of deal.
1: Yeah, man, like, you know, listening to Jocko and those guys, like, I love, you know, just listening to what they experienced. You know, not all of it was great, you know, but just listening to how they use those moments to to hone in on their, their leadership skills and, you know, to be better men and to not just to be better men, but to grow, you know, and educate and, and train others to be better men, you know what I mean, like the guys that were, you know, that they were leading. Um, for me, though, you know, I don't really – compare it because i don't think there's anything i can compare, compare it to in the sense that you know being in the fight yeah we were there i hear you know there was gunfire and stuff like that but you know i didn't see everything you know that jocko talks about you know especially you know in his podcast or you know even my brother you know my oldest my second oldest brother that was in the army you know just hearing his stories you know it's not i can't compare to it you know he uh, freaking uh IED blows up underneath his tank like dude could have died you know what I mean and you know I don't wish I was you know I wish I was you know I can't say man I wish it was me instead of you because you know but those experiences are different you know what I mean um do I have my story sure man I mean I went out on patrol you know came back early morning try and talk to the family because you know it's we're late late night over there early morning over here and um you know I'm talking to my parents like at two three in the morning and my time and over here it's i can't remember what time it was but you know it's one of the only times i could talk to them where they're actually awake and finally as soon as i close my eyes man you just hear the sirens go off on you know where i was stationed at in iraq and next thing you know you just hear a a mortar rounds just hitting walls and stuff dude talking about craziness like my room shook and i'm like dude what was that (laughs) And uh, I thought it was one of our, you know, the local uh, or uh, yeah, the locals that was working on base that might have like hit a, a truck into one of the, our our, ball, our barricaded walls, you know. But turns out it was actual mortar rounds, you know, being, you know, not even hitting that far away from where I was laying down. Um, so you know, I mean, that and that was my that was my experience, you know. Hmm. Um, is it the same as everybody else's? No, but you know, at the same time, you know, it's like dang, you know, could have been. If it was just a little bit closer. Uh, really.
0: Right. How how often do you share those types of stories or, or just any of the stories? Uh, and, you know, with your time over there, is that just kind of one of those deals where you kind of it's few and far between? Yeah.
1: You know, I don't really, openly share it you know unless you know people are interested like hey coach you know you know most of the time it's my kid you know kids that we coach you know my athletes hey coach you're in the army you know because I got pictures of myself you know my the guys that I deployed with you know around my classroom they're like is that you I'm like yeah that's me they're like dang coach like you carry that you know that uh that m249 they don't call it the m249 they're just like you carry that big old that big old gun I was like yeah man that was mine He's like, no, no way, you know, and then, you know, then they asked me, where were you? Where were you in Iraq? You know, I share those stories with them, but, and then when it comes to, like, things that, you know, like that, that that incident where, you know, they're, you know, they're, you know, shooting mortar rounds into our camp, you know, I mean, I'll talk about it, you know, especially to those kids that are interested in joining the military. Hey, coach, you know, I want to know what it's like, you know, and then I'll share it with them. But other than that, you know, I'm not. It's not something I go out there and, you know, wear on my my chest for everybody to see. It's more of the thing, like, it's one of those things you got to, you know, find out about me if you truly want to know who I am as a person.
0: Yeah, Um, I think I don't remember where, but I've seen different things posted over the years regarding, like, you know, kind of like that fake Valor type stuff um, you know much the way in which you know coaches may dump their chest for doing something certain things or whatnot this the same way you may have um you know returned veterans kind of I, and i'm not trying to like be negative to anybody but I, I think i've seen i have seen some videos and postings of shared sentiment in the military community where you know, it's, it's not for you to go around and brag that you did these things. It's, 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 they would like certain guys would wish there would be more humility amongst the community members. I think the same way, you know, sometimes we as coaches can get a little irritated with some of our peers who just seemingly post stuff to post stuff to say that they're doing things, but it's like, there's a fine line between trying to promote your kids you know, much the same as you're trying to promote the good of the military. But on the other side, it's like, why Why do you feel the need to, to post so much or, you know, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I know what, exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, that's, I guess it just kind of goes back, you know, to, to why why we joined the military in the first place or why we became coaches in the first place. And, you know, it's not, you know, when, as a, as an OC is like, yeah, we won the game, but it wasn't me or it wasn't the defense coordinator. It was the kids. Like, like I put out all the time on Twitter. It's like, I just call the plays Like the kids execute them. Like, it's not, it's not me. And then even like going back to the military, like anybody that truly serves is not going to go out there and say, oh, I, I, I don't, I don't, and again, I don't want to speak for everybody, but not everybody's gonna go out there and be like, yeah, I served in Iraq and I, I accomplished this while I was in Iraq or I, I accomplished this while I was in Afghanistan. Like, like you said. Um, but, and there's often there's, you know, there's these few, few cases where people do that, but everybody's different. You know, everybody I think was brought up differently at the same time. So, you know, to each their own, but at the end of the day, you know, that's just not who who I am. It's not what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. When you got out, you get into coaching. How much of what what you learned and the experiences were you able to use in your coaching progression as you've gone throughout the years? Um, where you can say, "Yeah, that's a direct or or pretty that con- that can definitely." that definitely comes from my time serving. Like, you know um, I've talked with other coaches who have, who have previously served and they, they talk about, you know, obviously with discipline and attention to detail things, but is there anything else that, you know, that you have realized that you're like, man, that I I don't think I would do it any other way. If it, if, if I hadn't served, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, competitions at the same time, I think teamwork through competition. You know what I mean? One of the things that you you learn as a service member is learning to work with people. You know, it's kind of like, you know, not everybody's the same that wears the uniform, but at the end of the day, they're all working together for a common cause. And everybody's trying to go to, you know, that goes to Iraq trying to come back. You know, everybody that's going to 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 Afghanistan is trying to come back. You know, they're not trying to go over there and just you know lay down. You know, they're trying to go and come as back as a unit, and it takes some teamwork. You know what I mean? You know, your battle buddies. You know, on your left or your right, and some. You know, you get into a fight. You know, you're depending on each other, right? Kind of like a football game. You know, everybody's going into the game with a common goal. And hey, Joe doesn't like Pete or. But at the end of the day, Joe and Peter both want to win. Joe and Peter both want to come back, to, you know, to the U.S. without any, you know, without any injuries or wounds or whatever. You know what I mean? So I would say teamwork would be one of the, those high things.
0: How do you go about kind of instilling those those traits and values and, and ideals to your your guys – Um, you know, now, now that you're the passing game coordinator, you know, you may not directly call the plays, but you're going to impact what plays are called, obviously through your video breakdown. So how do you build that teamwork, uh, not just with the coaches, but obviously with the kids as well?
1: Um, I'm a big believer in keep it simple, um. and I think through repetition, I mean, I don't know, before we, you know, before we went to Iraq, how many times we went through training, you know, different types of training and met methods of training over the same thing. You know what I mean? Like clearing the room, like how many times we went through training just to clear a room and so that everybody knew what they were doing and everybody was on point. Um, uh, similar, you know, trying to execute, you know, a stick, a stick combination offensively, you know, this is how many ways we can do it. but this is the base you know this is the base rules this is how we're going to do it as long as everybody knows the base rules you know we're going to we're going to have success um and then through that being able to hey i know my duty as you know the point man leading into the room but also knowing what number 2 3 4 behind me know are supposed to do and and just trying to you know mirror it that way in a sense with with the with the offensive unit but um also like i said i mean it's repetition at the end of the day Straight-up repetitions.
0: Yeah. You know, I think sometimes people look at the wide receiver position as an extremely, you know, um, selfish position, right? You know, you want the ball. You're worried about your your stats. um, You're worried about the routes that you're running. And and I think at times – you know, kids and, and then onlookers fans in the stands can get lost in the whole big picture so how do you you know right you talk about at the end of the day we all want to win how do you work that big picture so that you know your outside receiver and your inside receiver understand you know spacing it spacing is a, a huge deal on, on on all on all phases of the game right like creating space, taking away space, um, running into space. Like those types of things I think are sometimes they're over expected and under coached. Um, because that's just not a, it's not, it's not something that I don't know that I, that I think that kids, uh, and and the casual fan truly understand, but as you, you know, as you got, As you dive deeper into it from a coaching standpoint, you start to realize and understand greater what what spacing means and what it is for your guys. So how do you kind of go about imparting that to your to your guys so that they do understand what what the two, three, four guys are doing, whoever's on the routes and, and the combinations and how they're supposed to run their route in relation to their teammates, but then also to the defenders.
1: Yeah, so just going based off of what you said at the beginning about, you know, wide receivers and how they get this the stigma of being selfish, I think you, you take away that part early by the the, the precedent you said in the, you know, your, your position group meetings, you know what I mean? Like understanding that, hey, you yeah, you want the rock, well, you're not going to rock if you don't, I mean, you're not going to get the rock if you don't block. You know, that was one of the things that I said, first things I said when I got to, uh, to Aiken's, you know what I mean? Was you're not gonna you're not gonna be a receiver on this team if you can't, or you're not gonna get the ball on this team if you're not gonna, you know, learn to <laughs> to block on the perimeter for the run game or in the screen when you you know you don't got the ball going to you. Um and then going into teaching, you know, the concepts of of spacing and, and understanding that is it's you know, showing them the field, you know early on in those team meetings or in those position group meetings, you know, showing them, hey, look, this is the field, you know, it's 53.3, you know, yards wide, you know, and we're trying to work with this much space, you know, on this concept, understanding, you know, whether we're on the field or the, you know, the field side or the boundary side, and depending on the concept, showing them the picture. You know, we live in a a time where, you know, kids want to know why. Well, coach, why do we run stick so much? Or why do we run mesh so much? Or why do we run, you know, shallow or this or that? Well, if you can, if you put it up on, on a screen and show it to them and say, "Look, <clears throat> this is what defenses does, and this is how they try to take away this area." But if we get you know this concept going, where X and the H receiver take away um, or occupy this area of the field, it's going to open up this part. But showing them, I think a lot of us are visual learners, especially. Um, but you know, you got you know you got those kids that you know that are hands on that want to actually do this stuff. But being able to do that. Show it to them, and go out there, walk through it, and then and then start running through it. You know what I mean that's, that's one of the ways that we that I have in the past um, been able to have success with teaching them and the understanding of space is have them visualize and see it you know whether it's us running the concept or it's another team running the concept showing it to them that's you know it mirrors exactly what we're doing. Um, this is how it should look when it's perfect um, and then going out there and walking through it. And then doing running through it during during script, you know, routes on air, and then with seven on seven.
0: Yeah, when you when you talk about the different route combinations, is there any is there any one or two or three that you kind of really really like, regardless of like the defense and you know it doesn't necessarily you don't have to have that one guy to run this combination. Like you can kind of run these combinations with any set of receivers regardless of ability it just enhances certain aspects of those combinations
1: um man one of the the concepts that i've really come to like right now um just looking at it more and more and, and the kind ba of, it really is going to depend on the guys that you have um at the end of the day you know you can you can be nick saving but if you don't got you know as a coach we know you got to have certain kind of guys every now and then to, to make, make it have success, but going back, like not having anybody, but being able to compete. I like I like the corner route. Um, and I like, I like sale, you know, the, the, a flood concept, you know, go two by, you know, you can go two by two or you can go three by three by one. But, you know, I like, you know, my, my Z or my X running the, what I call it, a, a take two post, you know, trying to pull that corner and that safety deep Um, and then right underneath him hitting that 10 yard out route, either by number two or number one, just depending on who who we want to try and get the ball to. And then putting a a guy in the flats, really stretching the, you know, the field vertically and horizontally in a sense where, you know, nowadays a lot of teams are running, you know, that two read stuff or, or pattern matching concepts and, You know, when you run that take two post, that corner's got to really decide, hey, am I running with this number one receiver who's running that skinny post or am I going to pass them off? And if you pass them off and that, you know, they're not on the same concept, you might have a big play down the field. Um, But more oftentimes than not, you know, that number two receiver or that 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 10 yard out on that flood concept or that sale concept is is usually wide open, man. You know, I saw a lot of success with it just in, you know, the seven on seven. um, season this year with our guys here at Hayes, you know, putting it in this, you know, in a short amount of time, didn't take a lot of, a, a lot of time to uh, to invest into it. Sorry. I got my, my daughter in the car with me. She's getting a little upset, but uh, she, uh, but yeah, I think that was one of my, my, my favorite ones and one of my go-tos right now is that, is that sell concept with the take two post.
0: So, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to mess with you a little bit, right? Everybody, everybody says things can look really good in shorts and a t-shirt and obviously they can look good in seven on seven with no no pressure no no rush so how do you ensure that what success you did have with seven on seven carries over to 11 on 11 full pad full go you know defensive line bearing down a lot more physical play in the secondary type stuff
1: (laughs) Oh man, I think like I said earlier, it's just that repetition, that repetition, and you know, quarterback being able to see the field and understanding, you know, um, you know, basic uh, defensive identification stuff. You know, two high safety, you know, inside leverage, outside leverage of the corners, just real quick, being able to see that, um, I think, helps out a lot. Or single high safety, you know, and understanding what what possible looks. You know, we did a quarterback academy at Aikens before I left and, you know, they started doing seven on seven, you know, as I was gone, but, you know, checking in with those guys that went to quarterback Academy, you know, and learning that stuff, you know, I asked them, I checked in on them. was like, Hey, how did, you know, how did that stuff translate to the field? You know, all of them was like, coach, I was able to see the field and, and, and kind of, uh kind of ID what, what defenses were doing before, you know, the play happened. Um, So I think just preparing them, you know, kind of like you do within the military preparing to, you know, yeah, uh, I, and you know, understanding what we're expecting in this situation and just being prepared for it, um, I think it, it, it is the key thing.
0: Right, I got you. When it comes to the recruiting side of things, what um, what do you think is the the how do you, how have you kind of managed? the the way in which the landscape has changed a little bit, right? A lot more is done with social media, but then, you know, some of these kids are doing more with um with personal trainers. And they're, you know, they're going to a lot of these camps thinking that they're gonna, you know, all this exposure, especially for like your young kids that haven't even played a, a varsity round yet, you know, a varsity game yet or so as you have come back to Hayes and assumed that role, what what have or what where has been your kind of focus when it comes to the recruiting side of things?
1: So right now, man, to be honest, um, I have a kid here at Hayes, phenomenal athlete, gonna be awesome, you know, thousand yard rusher, but you know, slacked a little bit in the in, in the classroom. Um, but just being honest with him, you know what I mean? Letting him know, dude, you're a phenomenal player. I think you can play at, you know, at this level or this level. But here's the reality of your situation. You know, I think being upfront and honest with these kids at the beginning, as soon as, you know, wherever it is you're at, as soon as you can be, just let them know, you know. and Because the last thing you want to do is, is, is tell this kid, dude, you can play at this score, this score, this score, but then he doesn't qualify, you know what I mean? And now he's wasting his money going to, you know, these camps. And that's, that was the first thing, you know, I told him. I was like, look, man, I, what camps are you going to? He, and, you know, he listed them off. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I just want you to to look at the reality of the situation. You're going to these camps, you're paying this much money, man. And, you, yeah, you're getting exposure, but. And I could be wrong in this thinking. Um, I could totally be wrong in the sense that, you know, you, you're going to these camps, you're spending your money, but you can't play there, you know, because of. You, you you know grades eligibility wise um now i'd go to I'd, and then and then give them you know hey this is where you need to go these are the camps that you need to be you know, be attending um but you know the social part you know the social media aspect of it man that has changed a lot you know i, I attribute a lot of you know the stuff that i do know in terms of recruiting social media wise to coach regulato you know marco um who you know in in cell, in a sense used social you know used himself to or you know, marketed himself through social media and is you know is paying dividends now you know what I mean I I, I told him the other day in text message <coughs> I'm living my uh, my college dreams through you man you know I'm happy for the success that he's had <coughs> um but you know Coach Nash out of San you know down in San Marcos as well you know and, you know when I have questions I'll reach out to him in terms of hey what I need to be doing social media wise. Um, but a lot of it, you know, just figuring out a way to market your kids in a way on social media that, you know, nobody else is doing, <clears throat> you know, before I left Hayes, you know, I was, you know, we made that my that semifinal run and that was one of my, you know, my, one of my, like, want to call it gimmicks and trying to recruit, you know, get our kids recruited is, <clears throat> you know, we're going to run it back, you know, season two coming out now or whatever, you know, using that, that movie theater. Theatric poster type thing and then, you know, putting our top athletes on on, on, a, on a poster similar to like your Friday Night Lights poster, you know, like, you know, co-starring so-and-so, the so-and-so, whatever, you know, just trying to figure out ways that to do it. I know people have done like the the mixtape mix album, stuff like that, and trying to figure out something that nobody's doing yet and, you know, make it happen.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You know. You just mentioned two two of the best in the game, and when it comes to the not just the recruiting, but you know how to how to do the self promotion the right way in a positive manner. Uh, both Marco uh, Regalado and and Coach Nash, man, those, those guys they're they're wide open books about how they they've gotten to where they are, what they do, what works, and obviously now <clears throat> with Marco being in the college ranks, you know, that's firsthand like. At, at, at two at two big programs now, and, and even going back to his early days, uh, AM Kingsville, you Kingsville, know, the guy's been around the college ranks, so who better to ask how to help a kid than somebody who's, you know, been there, done that type of deal, both from a high school standpoint and now on the other side as a college standpoint, you know, I, I'm as thankful for you uh, as I am for for Marco and, and our relationship with him the fact that we can just text him and be like, Hey man, you know, I'm not trying to recruit a kid, but can you give me some feedback right now? Like, what can we do better on his highlights? This I've, I've texted Marco and be like, dude, this, this is where this young man's at grade wise. You know, how how can I help him or what can we do? What would y'all look for if you were going to recruit him? And, you know, somebody like that who will help you, man, is, is huge. And, um, you know same with coach nash like just just kind of following what they're doing man they they do stuff right and you you you'd be kind of silly to reinvent the wheel and there's a whole lot of other guys that are doing a great job as well and I don't want to downplay anybody else but you know those are definitely two of the two of the best in the game uh by far
1: yeah no doubt i mean i know one of the first you know Zooms that I got on, you know, when we were doing all these virtual Zoom uh, clinics, you know, was was one of those recruiting, you know, uh, Zooms. And it, I mean, I learned so much, and I got, you know, so much information poured into me on just in that. And you know, who was on there? Coach Nash, um, Coach Man out in out in Lubbock now. Um, uh, Coach, I think it's Coach Vonner was another one. There's a, a plethora of guys, man. You know, and, and you know, thankful that they allowed me to sit in on that Zoom and and just learn and take in what, you know, things that they're doing. And, and like you said, not trying to reinvent the wheel. Like if it's working, I'll keep it up, you know. But, you know, and, and, and again, with, with that being said, like not trying to reinvent the wheel, but doing it the old school style way, you know, sending out that email, you know, that email with with, with the, the prospect list, you know, still works. You know, I don't know how many times, I, you know, I've been told, you know, I, and, and, you know, like you said, it's changing. And social media is the way to go. You know, but that's, you know, that's what I've been told. Social media, social media, social media. But, you know, I don't know how many times I got an email back after sending that prospect list, like, man, coach, I appreciate it. You know, like, this prospect list is legit, you know, the way you got it formatted, this and that. And it helps, you know. And, you know, with I, – because I, I was the recruiting coordinator for, for football, but I was also the recruiting coordinator for softball. You know what I mean? I took I took pride in both, both, both positions. And when I did that, you know, I was sending emails out for softball girls and – you know, getting getting responses back from from softball coaches at the, at the college level, also like, hey, coach, appreciate it. You know, thank you for sending that to me. You know, I'm gonna keep eyes on this kid. You know, throughout the summer. So yeah,
0: what, what um, what do you think was different in the in the realm of softball recruiting compared to football recruiting? Because I feel like with softball, you got a lot of the travel ball, the AAU, um, compared to you know the the football side um, where we haven't lost out to, um, to all of that, you know, whereas uh, you know, some of those, some of those um, sports have lost kind of the direct contact more being more important with the high school coach compared to the travel ball private coach type deal.
1: Man, let me tell you, like, that, that was a whole different realm for me, for sure. Like I said, like, you know, I didn't when, – when when people talk about, you know, travel ball, you know, especially when it comes to baseball, basketball, softball, like, it, it's real. You know what I mean? Like, these college coaches are going to these select tournaments and watching kids um, and then asking these select coaches about their – you know, about these kids that are playing for us at the high school. Um, but – Again, just doing what you got to do, you know. Just like you were for football, you know. I was I was there DMing, you know, coaches and for softball players, and you know, sending out the you know prospect list for softball players as well. And like I said, that's what it, you know, that's what, those are the responses I was getting. Like, hey, coach, appreciate it, you know. Thanks for reaching out. I'm going to keep eyes on this kid, you know, at, at this tournament, this tournament, this tournament, or whatever. But um, you know, at the end of the day, just trying to get, like you said earlier, trying to get that kid some exposure. Um, you know, not every kid is going to be on, a, on the best select team. You know what I mean? They're not going to be on the, the team that travels to, you know, the national or the state national tournament. You know, I don't know how many national tournaments there can be for for baseball and softball, but it seems like, you know, there's one every, every week. But regardless, you know, there's some kids that when they say they play select ball, their select ball is in San Antonio and Austin. You know what I mean? Not Colorado, not Louisiana, not, you know, this place or this place. So just trying to get that exposure and and if you can, you know, get one coach, two coaches to go look at them, hey, that's better than none. You know what I mean? So
0: Right. Well I know the I know the boss is probably getting antsy and, and uh you know either hungry or, or, or whatnot and boss being your 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 baby girl. So I I wanna I don't want to take up too much more of your time and anger the boss, man. So you know I know uh, I I do want to touch real quick though on, on the Hispanic coaches association and what that means to you to not only have that in existence, but be kind of a founding member and, and and serve on the board, you know, just kind of off the dome and tell us what all that means for you.
1: And, uh, you know, when, when, Coach Ojeda, Coach, you know, Gonzalez, they reached out to me about this. You know, you were in that same thread, you know. It was an honor, you know what I mean, just to, to be a founding member um, and being on that that, that founding board. Uh, I think it's, it, it's helped out a lot uh, in the sense that, you know, just trying to educate coaches in general. Um, I know it has a title in the front, you know, in the name and everything, but, you know, don't get, don't get that twisted. We are, you know, we're, we're out here to, to help anybody and everybody that's willing to to hear us speak and help, you know, um, and the fact that it, it, it's, it's, it's grown to the, to the amount of people that have joined as members and the, uh, the, the, the people pouring into it, like, you know, willing to back us up and willing to back up the organization in the sense, you know, whether it's monetary or just, Hey, this has been needed for a long time. is great. You know, I, I don't know how many coaches I've talked to who I probably would have never talked to um, in the past, you know, who were previous coaches who've, you know, coached. you know, this, I'm so-and-so I was a, a football coach for 20 something years, 30 some years. Um, and we just never, we always talked about starting something like this, but we just never did it. Um, the fact that y'all have, you know, Y'all, y'all, you know, this younger generation has done this and, you know, means a lot to us as the old heads, the way they're putting it. Um, but I think, you know, we're doing we're doing a lot of great stuff, you know, we're putting out a lot of free, you know, Zoom clinics and stuff for for everybody, uh, for all our members uh, to, to come and learn, you know. And, you know, we'll have a, another great social at, at coaching school and, you know, hope to, you know, I'm sure sure I'm going to see you there. And, and some of the other guys. And, you know, I look forward to that, you know, it's just like another, another expansion of the of the coaching network, you know, the brotherhood of, of coaches. So, yeah.
0: Well, I, I highly encourage people to, to join and become a member and, and, you know, understand that it's, it's about not just the networking, but, but helping to, you know, create more opportunities in the future for uh, younger Hispanic coaches and, um you know i'm proud to have been a proud to be a part of it proud to have been part of the the founding board and and you know it's only going to continue to improve and get better as an association so if anybody wanted to reach out to you man and and talk more about your time in the military your you know what you do as a passing game coordinator and and your time as an offensive coordinator uh or, or they wanted to find out more about the hispanic coaches association Uh, What's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Man, email or Twitter, phone number, whatever, man. You you know, reach out to me however you like. Um, Twitter handle is Coach underscore Irod on Twitter. Uh, Emails IR2089 at Gmail. And phone number is 512-644-8274, man. So whichever way they'd like to to reach out, you know, so be it. (laughs) Not saying not saying I'm a, the smartest man, you know, in the room, but, you know, I'm always willing to talk football or, or just life in general, so.
0: No doubt, man. Well, you guys highly encourage you to follow Coach Rodriguez, man. Isaac is a is a great mind, um, super humble, but super knowledgeable, so don't let him downplay uh, what all he knows. But like you said, he, he's also willing to uh, to learn from you and point you in the right direction if he doesn't know the answer, so. Appreciate you, man. Continue to do all the great things that you're doing. Uh, you know, I know these kids at Hayes are, are, are very blessed to have you back uh, working to help them uh, reach goals and achieve um, their dreams, man. So best of luck to y'all this fall and uh, continue doing the great stuff, man.
1: Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on and good luck to y'all over there. Henderson. You know, I'm excited for y'all. I know, Things are changing over there. New principal, new head coach, kinda kinda some uh, some, you know, uncharted territories for you, you know, and you're what three third year there now, fourth year there now. So but wishing y'all the best, man, for sure.